0: Well, good morning again. Pastor Brown from Akron Alliance Fellowship, sharing with you what I believe we ought to be as Christians in this world. I believe that God, the moment we were saved, didn't take us on to heaven. Based on the very fact, he wanted us to stay here and be the salt, the preserver, and to be the light in darkness. Everyone who names the name of Christ has a purpose for being here on earth at this time. And as Leviticus says, Our time is in his hands. And he's already numbered our days. But while we're here, let's be the best Christians that we can be in the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's let the Spirit of God use us to magnify the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and to glorify him you're here for a purpose more than for the democratic party or the republican party or any other party you're here to glorify jesus christ let's pray and we're going to look at god's word and we're going to ask how can we really be involved in government Though we may not hold an office per se, and some of us may have the privilege of working in the White House or working in the governor's house, working with the mayor, but what is the real purpose of my work with the government? Father, we thank you and praise you, Lord, for your loving kindness unto us. And we thank you, Lord, for the strength that you give us from day to day. And we thank you for your divine protection. And we pray, Father, that the blood of Jesus Christ would be the shield between ourself and that which is evil. Would you give us clarity of mind and purity of heart that we might serve you and please you in all that we do? Would you bless today? And Lord will give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. January has been a turbulent time so far. We've seen one president leave, we see another president come into office. We're hearing all type of rhetoric concerning politics these days and we're hearing things that of uh, people who took over the Capitol and now facing the court. Mm-hmm. What is meant by this is our country, uh, that's our White House, this is our Capitol, this is our government. We use words in a collective sense, but individually cannot act upon it. I just can't step into the White House any time I want to, even though it's sometime called the People's House. Um, there's just things we just can't do to keep some type of order. But we all can participate in government. It's the motive and method that we really have to decide upon. And I pray that we can learn from Scripture what our motives should be, but also maybe what our methods might be. And we want to really understand that. We are citizens of America, of a great country. Yes, it has its downsides. It still is not a perfect union. We have a ways to go because we're dealing with sinful men. We're still working in an unperfect world. There are reasons that these things come along and it allows us to see ourselves and to set a new course hopefully because we understand the direction in which we're going is not really expedient for us or helpful to us so god allows these things to take place that we've witnessed this month that we can take a good look at ourselves and hopefully change our course because sometimes you can sail alone and not recognize you're going the wrong direction all because it seems like it's smooth but a storm will come up and it kind of forces you to wake up and change direction. And I think this month has been somewhat that change of direction. And with the new president, he's asked something of us because I really believe he understands we're in such a time and we're in such a situation that he cannot do it alone. Congress can't do it alone. And if we understand history, things really don't change from the top. They change from the bottom up. And we the people of this great country, we who call ourselves Christians and have the privilege of being in this country We have a job to do also in building this country, that it might glorify our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We don't need to look for someone to protect the church or protect Christianity. God will do that. He's powerful enough to do that. He's a mighty God. We don't need to put somebody in the White House who we think that will somehow make life easier for Christians. We need to vote our conscience. We need to vote our values. We need to vote for who we think is the best person who can truly serve. But after that, we all need to get back on board of our main purpose. Which we should never lose sight of. Glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ. I guess I better get there. Before we waste too much more time. If the church. Or individual Christians. Have a place in government. The question has to be. What is our purpose? What's the methods we're going to use? And we have to be willing to really serve but the question is who are we going to serve are we going to serve the president per se or are we serving congress are we serving people or are we as christians to serve the lord To do the best we can for his glory and his praise the question that we have to answer is to who are we trying to please in all that i'm doing who am i trying to please and we have to ask that question when you get over into matthew chapter 6 In verse 24, he says, no one can serve two masters. You cannot have allegiance to government per se and to the Lord. At the same time, you have to put them in order in order to function in a manner that is going to really be helpful. What am I saying? If you try to do government and the Lord this way, it's not going to work. You'll have a double-minded, double standards. But if you just change it a little bit, Jesus here, the Lord here, government here, you get your priorities straight that the one you're truly desiring to serve is the Lord Jesus Christ. And because you are serving him correctly, and you are making him preeminent in all that you do, everything under here then is blessed by what you do in serving him. I serve government through serving the Lord Jesus Christ. And we want to do our very best for whatever our hands find to do, do it with all of our heart and all of our strength and all of our might that Jesus might truly be glorified. So he says again, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one, And despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money, nor can you serve both God and government on the same plane because they are not equal. God has to be put in his proper place here. Government has to be seen here. And I serve government through Jesus Christ. And we do the best we can as the Holy Spirit guides us and directs us. Now, in John, he's going to explain to us that he doesn't take us out of this world. Oh, Scripture is is just delightful. When you really get into it and you really want to learn from it, uh, it will help order how you're going to think. And how you're going to develop, how you're going to serve. You develop your method. uh, How you're going to serve and how you're going to serve through Jesus Christ as the Holy Spirit develops you in life. He says, here, my prayer, Jesus is saying his prayer. Prayer for what? For us. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world. That the moment we're saved, we're not taken up to heaven immediately. God allows us to stay. Why? Again, because I believe we are the salt, the preserver, and we are the light, the light that shines in darkness. We are the people who know what justice really is. We are the people that know what righteousness really is. I believe that the only freedom can really come through Jesus Christ. And that a country without Jesus Christ being the head of it. And people are frightened of that. Because when they hear Christians speak in such a manner. That uh, all of a sudden we have a fear that you're going to be forced or made to do everything that's in the scripture. you got to live this way. God in scripture never makes us live a certain way. He brings it to that place where he says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. It's a volunteer in a sense that you surrender yourself to the working of God in your life for the betterment, not just of yourself, but of your neighbor and all humanity. Because God wants to use us to bring healing. God wants to use us to bring true knowledge and true freedom, and true understanding. God wants to use us, that this country can be blessed through a people who surrender themselves to the leadership of God. Not forced. Not forced. People are not fearful about living under communism. They're not fearful of living under Socialism. People are not fearful of living under Tartarianism. People are fearful of living under the authority and the obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet, that is the true freedom. There is the true freedom in truly knowing the Lord. Now, he says, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Now, as Christians, if we truly live the Christian life as we serve the government and we're doing the right things, we have to go back and we have to understand what Timothy says to us. He that desires to live holy or to live godly will suffer persecution. We have to put that in an understanding of our time. If you choose to live righteously and truthfully and honestly and be a man or woman of integrity, you're going to be persecuted by others, either mentally or physically. You're gonna be called all types of names and even what people forget to be called a goody good shoe, that's a name. None of us are good except God. And but we get these little offshoots that come up and they attack us because our desire is to do what is right as we serve. As citizens of this country. And that does not mean. We're in a state of rebellion. That does not mean. We're attacking the politicians. That does not mean. That we are talking down. The president per se. We may not agree with him. But we don't attack his character. And we have to become a country. Especially Christians again. Who understand that the Bible directs us to pray for those who are in leadership, to pray for those who hold office, who rule over us. The easiest thing for man to do is to rebel. It's hard to live under that which we do not agree with. But neither do we have the right to cause rebellion and destruction and destroying the lives of others. He says, protect them from the evil one. And we have to be also careful that we don't become the evil one but that we are living for the glory of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we serve in that capacity as servants, not to the president per se, not to Congress, but to the one who has called us to himself and to be that light in dark places. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world. Our thinking will not be of this world, per se. Our desire is to do things far greater than what this world could ever believe. We all should be people of vision that is beyond that of which we think would be satisfying in this world. It should go beyond that. Our goals and plans for individuals should go beyond the earthly plane. For our citizenship is not here, it's up there. Therefore, our thoughts should not just be on this local plane, but much higher And we bring that into a reality of life. That many people may not understand. Why? Because we are not of this world. And our thinking is going to be different. And the way in which we fight will be different. For we are not a people who fight with guns and fists. But we are a people who fight on our needs and praying and talking with the one that we know who is the sovereign God. We can win every battle on our knees that we face. And he says, protect them from the evil one. They are not of this world, even as I am not of it. And we have to understand that we're Christians and we understand we're just journeying through here. But while we're journeying through this earthly plane, let's serve, let's render the best ideals. Let's do the best we can that Jesus Christ can be glorified. Now, if we do serve, we also have to come back and we have to ask this question. Who am I really out to please? Are you out to please a president? Or are you out to please the Lord Jesus Christ? Who are we out to please? What are our values? What are our standards? What are our principles? that will identify who we're really out to please when you allow your values and your standards and principles to really be seen you will make a statement of who you're really out to please in matthew 22 you're going to hear jesus say something and and it's 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 amazing because even here, he could have took the opportunity to speak about himself, but he doesn't. But he does say something that is important for you and I to understand, because we're in this world, but we're not of this world. And he gives us a quick little lesson of uh, our responsibility while we are here, but yet also takes us to also a higher plane. And it's this little area about paying taxes to Caesar. And he says, Then the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap him in his words. They sent their disciples to him alone with the Herodians. Teacher, they said, We know You are a man of integrity. Isn't it surprising how people sometimes will approach you to only trick you? They're hoping to help you take your guard down. They're hoping to kind of like mislead you and thinking that they are for you when they are really against you. Although what they're saying is true. but it's being said with the wrong motive. Teacher, they said, we know you are a man of integrity, that he is, and that you teach the way of God, that Jesus did, in accordance with the truth. Yes, he did. You aren't swayed by men. Catch that you're not swayed by men or you're not tricked by men and yet here they are trying to sway him trying to trick him trying to deceive him and yet they're saying you're not swayed by men and that's one of the things that we have to recognize also that we're not swayed by the philosophy of men we're not swayed by the ideals per se of men we're not swayed or guided or misled by those who have words that can somehow sound good to our ears, but are not words that align with the scriptures. And they said they're not swayed they're not You're not gonna be out trying to please somebody who's doing wrong. You're not gonna be out trying to please somebody who speaks lie after lie after lie. You're not out trying to please somebody who's trying to lead you down the wrong path. You're not out trying to please. Well, I'm talking about this young ladies, young men. You're not out to try to please a person you're dating, per se. You're out to learn about that person while you're dating. Is this a suitable mate? Is this someone who's going to love me and care for me? Is this someone who takes responsibility seriously? Is this someone? Who will really care about my safety and my security. In the dating process, you are learning about one another. The real values and standards and principles of one another. If you're in a dating relationship, which causes you to have to just please, 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 please the other person you're going to wind up giving more than what you want to give and wind up with less than what you're looking for. Don't allow a young man or a young woman to sway you away from your principles, your standards, your values of life. And he said, you're not swayed by men because you paid no attention to who they are. Catch that. Because when we go over into Daniel, that was Daniel. He didn't get caught up with their titles. He didn't get caught up with their riches. He didn't get caught up with them being advisors to the king. Or the king himself he didn't get caught up with that he held to his standards his values his principles and they guided his method of how he was going to serve each of the four kings or the kings that he served and he said you're not swayed by men because you pay no attention to who they are. No, you can't get caught on just the eyes of men and just seeing men. You have to look beyond the person. You have to see the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who you're really out to please, not just the person. I'm not out just to please Elaine. She's my wife. And we've been married for 55 years. But my goal is not just to please Elaine. My goal is to please God. To please the Lord Jesus Christ. And keeping his word in serving Elaine. Elaine is well pleased. And we have to yet learn that. We have to look beyond just the person who we are serving. And we have to recognize that we are going to serve because of the one we truly serve, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Christians got to come back to that. We lost sight of who we truly serve. And we got to come back to discover we serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And we please him at all times, not man. And we're not swayed by men, but we are swayed by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As the Holy Spirit leads us and moves us and guides us through life, we're swayed by him. We are convinced by him. We're directed by him. And he says, boy, you're not swayed by men because you pay no attention to who they are. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Now they get to their real question. Now they get to the real motive for which they're there. And we have to ask ourselves sometimes, what's my real motive? What's my real motive? And they get to it now. Should we pay taxes to Caesar or not. And you have to understand, some of them would believe, no, you don't pay taxes to Caesar because he's a foreign governor. He's an invader. He's someone outside. And they didn't believe in paying taxes to Caesar, even though Caesar demanded them to do so. But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, they came very nicely, but here's an evil intent. And you have to discern when people approach you with an evil intent. That does not, that, that does not mean you render evil for evil, no. But it allows you to know how you're going to respond If you can understand their intent, even though they approach you very nicely, very reverently, you have to be able to discern their evil intent. He says, you hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? Show me the coin used for paying the tax. They bought him a Daenerys and asked him, Whose portrait is this? And whose inscription? Caesar, they replied. Now listen to how he responds to this. This is wisdom, this is knowledge this is integrity, this is value, this is principle, listen how he responds. Then he said to them, he didn't start cussing out Caesar. He didn't start giving up all the wrongs of Caesar and all his displeasure about Caesar. He simply said, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. That's this earthly plane. Give to Caesar. Why? I'm here. Pay your taxes. That's what the government asks. Pay the taxes. Render to Caesar what is his. Now here comes the area that takes some thought. And to God, what is God's? There's a dividing line. Over here is Caesar's, over here is God's, dividing line, do you have dividing lines? Because those dividing lines will divide your allegiance. My allegiance is over here to God and because I am serving God and He directs me. To respect the government that that is over me, I respond to this government correctly. As long as this government is not directing me to do something that is against scripture, I am to obey the government. I may not like it. It may hurt me a little bit financially. It may not be at that time, but I'm really pleased with, but that's the government, and I am to serve them, but again, I serve them through this hierarchy, Jesus, then government. And that's important to get that order straight. He says, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. And to God what is God's. Daniel does that amazingly. How Daniel works through that is beyond my comprehension. But it's the Lord that does it. And it's God who will work through you. To allow you to serve government, to work in government, but never lose focus of who you are truly out to please and who you're truly working for, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're out to please God. Why do you turn with me first to Galatians. Go to chapter 1 and verse 10. Galatians 1, verse 10. We need to understand who we are going to please. In Galatians 1, verse 10, he said, Am I now trying to win the approval of men? Oh, I'm not out trying to approve, to be approved by men. See, I'm not the best speaker as a pastor. I'm not the best this or the best this. There's, there's always someone who's going to be better than you. Remember one time I was in a conference. And I don't think these two men would mind me using them as an illustration. And At that time, Tony Evans was still yet a young pastor coming up. But there was an older pastor and we was at the Peachtree Hotel in Atlanta, I'll just never forget it. People was just caught up with what Tony was sharing that night and he did an outstanding job. But this other older pastor followed Tony Evans E. V. Hill. Tony again, outstanding. But when E.V. Hill got done with those three children and brought in that word, that bad Negro, a Bendigo, it was just an uproar. And when he closed out in such a way, all you was hearing people saying, Junior was good, but Senior was great. And it was great to hear two dynamic speakers. Both love the Lord. Both have their own way of delivering God's word. But that old man hit a home run. That old man, E.V. Hill, was just dynamic. It was just a moment. It could have went either way, depending on which time we may have caught them. I'm not out, really, to get the approval of men, and you should not be. Yes, we all want to be accepted. I'm not out for you to grade a, boy, am I A or B or C. If you enjoy it, fine. If you don't enjoy it, fine. The goal is this. Have I caused you to think about something differently? Have I caused you to take a second look at yourself and how you're living, your conduct, your behavior, how you're wording things, your motives, your methods of doing, have we caused you to pause in life and not compare yourself with us, with the pastor, with the elder, with the deacon, with some other Christian, but with the Lord Jesus Christ. Am I meeting his standards and I measuring up to what he wants me to be and he says I am now trying to win the approval of men, no when you work for someone you're not really out trying to win their approval, yes you're out to get the job yes you want to do a good job but if you know the Lord Jesus Christ you're working to please him You're working to glorify him. And in doing that, that employer is going to love you because you're going to give him 200%. I'm not out for the approval of men or of God. Or am I trying to please men? I am not out to win the approval of men or of God. Or am I trying to please man? Which one am I trying to do? Am I trying to please man or God? Which one? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. If I'm out to please man, I'm not going to do what God, what the Lord Jesus Christ is commanding of me. It's asking of me. But if I please Christ, I'm going to please man. I'm going to win my brother. If I do it God's way, I'm going to win my enemy. If I love my enemy, I'm going to win him. But if I hate my enemy as he hates me, It's not going to be a winning. Oh, I might win the battle by having won my enemy. But if I love my enemy, I'll win him. I'll win. It may take a little time, but I'll win him. And as we look into Daniel, I want to draw just a couple of principles out. Because Daniel is someone who again, was able to serve four kings. And Daniel was an individual who never lost sight of God. And those who plotted against him recognized that his conduct and his behavior was far above the norm. And that they were not going to entrap him in some human behavior, per se. Because his behavior was pleasing to God. And because his behavior was pleasing to God, it pleased the kings that he served. And the only place they saw that they could trap him. And all these tests that they throw at him. was about his God, of what he believed. So in Daniel chapter 1 and verse 21, it says, Daniel remained there until the first year of King Cyrus. He started with Nebuchadnezzar, and he remained in the office or working in the government of the Babylonian Empire. until the first year of King Cyrus so it's very much possible that he was able to see Israel begin to leave Babylon and go back to Jerusalem but Daniel served the kings and dealt with the affairs of the kingdom of Babylon. Christians can deal with the affairs of this world of the affairs of America. We are the only ones who can justly and righteously deal with the affairs of all people. We know that we would never write a law that says a Muslim has to convert Christianity I think history has taught us that doesn't work People would never have to worry about Christianity in leadership writing a law saying you have to deny such and such a religion in order to live in America and yet that's one of the fears of many of Americans about too many Christians, sitting in the place of authority of what may happen to them. Nowhere would there become a law that says if you're an atheist, you would be put to death because of your belief that there is no God. If a man is really in this book, he understands the freedom that God gives To others. And the equality. That God gives. To others. And he said. Daniel then. He served. He served. Four kings. He served in government. And what we want to. Try to look at in these last few minutes. How did Daniel really do that. How did Daniel really serve? In Daniel chapter 3, verse 29, through. want you to stay with me here just for a moment because we want to see this man and how he was able to do. Daniel chapter 3 and verse 29. Get my eyes straightened out here. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who says anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces, and their houses be turned into piles of rebel. For no other God can save in this way. Nebuchadnezzar and y'all know about the story. Of the Hebrew children being put into the fire. But they didn't just see, Navigant just didn't see three, he saw four. Because wherever we serve and whatever comes upon us, our God is with us. When we stand for our God and we stand for the Lord Jesus Christ, we're never left standing or serving alone. He sits in that office with me. If you are a junior executive or if you are a secretary for some CEO, if you're someone who has a responsibility and you're sitting in your office, Jesus is right there with you. The Holy Spirit is right there with you, directing you, giving you insight, giving you wisdom, giving you knowledge, He's right there with you because he wants you to shine as the stars. People need to see what the Christian life is really about. They need to hear less of our talk maybe and more of our action. And what can really take place because a person is trusting or believing in Jesus Christ? They need to see that more than sometimes hear our words. Yes, I, I know faith cometh by hearing. But God, for some reason, saw it necessary. Follow with me just here for a moment. Not only to speak to the prophets, and yes, he spoke words of wisdom and knowledge through the prophets. But it became necessary for he himself to put on this flesh and come and demonstrate his love for us and to show us how to live. And how to love one another, how to minister to someone caught in adultery, to show us how to forgive, to show us how to heal one another, to teach us because I am a Samaritan and you are a Jew. That we can really work together and don't have to deny who we are and truly love one another. Whether I be a black man, a white man, or a red man, an Asian, or whether I be this, that we can work together for the best of all of us. And we can do that. And that's what the Christian is to demonstrate. I can work with the Muslim, cleaning the park, picking up paper, uh, making things a little better. I can work with him. Now, we're going to disagree on who Jesus Christ is. We're going to maybe disagree of how we should live and do certain things. But not all things. There are some areas that are common to us that I can work with him or her and we can do it together to make it better for everybody. But yet at the same time, I guarantee you, we're going to be talking to each other about what we believe. But more than that, we're going to be demonstrating what we believe. He's going to see Christ in me. And he's going to see the one. Who I give praise to. And thanks to. In helping me do the work. That I'm doing. He's going to learn. From me. So in Daniel. Chapter 3. and Verse 29. He says. In 29, Therefore I decree. Why did. has come to a point to make such a decree because of what he saw in Daniel and the Hebrew children, and who he saw also in the furnace, that fourth person, that the people of any nation or language who says anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rebel. Now, Christians, we're not to go that far, but I think what God is illustrating, when people see something, they will go to an extreme to do what? For no other God can save this way. They were supposed to be dead in that furnace. And God joined them. God was with them. God kept them. And then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the providence of Babylon. Christians, it is for you and I to understand. Promotion for us do not come to the hands of man. It comes from God. For God set it up and God taketh it down. It is God who will put us in places far beyond our imagination that we might glorify Him. That we might truly glorify Him. And we need to recognize that. And When you look over in the verse 15. Once you hear what Nebuchadnezzar even says. Now when you hear the sound of the horn. The flute. the The lyrics. The harp. The pipes. And all kind of music. If you are ready to fall down. And worship the image I made. Very. Good. When you fall down and worship the image I made. Very good. Nowhere does God make us worship him. But man will always make you worship something. And he goes on and he says, But if you do not worship it, You will be thrown immediately into a blazing fire, a blazing furnace. Now listen to what is being said. And this is something with man that sometime we take a stand, we will get threatened that If you don't surrender up your value, if you don't surrender your standard, if you don't surrender your principle, if you don't surrender what you truly believe or or lessen it or tone it down, this is what will happen to you. And this is what sometimes man says to us, but we have to know the difference for ourselves. Nazareth said to them in that 15th verse in chapter 3 Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hands? You have to know that Jesus is able to keep you and to rescue you from any harm of man. When you know that, that liberates you and that frees you to do exactly what Scripture says, stand firm. Stand firm. Stand firm on the Word of God. Stand firm on your Christian values and standards. And you can serve the government and stand firm as a Christian, demonstrating the values of Christianity and the standards of Christianity. You're able to serve because you're not serving man, you're serving God. You're serving God. Now, as I said, he served four kings very quickly, and I know I'm going a little bit longer, but stay with me if you would, please, just for a few more minutes. My wife sometimes tells me, uh, end it and pick it back up. Sometimes you can't pick back up. You have to give what you believe God's put on the heart, what God is saying at the moment. But in Daniel 4, 36 and 37, we see something else take place. He simply says in chapter 4. Now, I want to pick up in verse 36. Let me get my eyes. At the same time that my sanity was restored, Nebuchadnezzar, if you read the whole story, we don't have time, had this dream where he becomes like this cow. He's eating grass. He's everything but what he really is. And he says, with my sanity... Was restored. My honor and splendor were returned to me for the glory of my kingdom. My advisors and nobles sought me out and I was restored to my throne and became even greater than before. Now listen, now I Nebuchadnezzar praise and exalt the glory and glorify the king of heaven. I Nebuchadnezzar praise, exalt, and glorify the king of heaven. I want you to look at the impact that Daniel and those Hebrew children had upon this leader named you need to understand where God places you and you take stands and you are ethical and you are honest and you are trustworthy and you are truthful the impact you will have on those that are above you in leadership. And he says, boy, I never praise and exalt and glorify the king of heaven. Because everything he does is right. Boy, look at the honor he's given God. Everything that he does is right. And all his ways are just. And those who walk in pride, this is something he has experienced now. Remember what he said earlier? Uh, Who will save you from my hand? What God can save you from my hand? That's a prideful, prideful statement. Who will keep me from firing you. I got a Lord named Jesus Christ who can give me favor and he can shut your mouth. He can change your words and whether you fire me, you might promote me. You might give me a raise. Or it's okay for you to fire me because God got something better for me. See, we get fearful about men. And Daniel and the Hebrew children here, they didn't get fearful about what man could do to them. But as they took their stand and stood for God, and what these men saw that was demonstrated in their life, Nebuchadnezzar was able to witness something he could not even see in his own so-called false gods or priests or anything, he saw something in these men that was different. In today's world, the average man need to see something that is different. And the only one who can reveal that are those who are truly born from above. And he again, he says, because everything he does is right, and all his ways are just, and those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. He experienced that, but he would have never experienced it if God would not have set Daniel and these Hebrew boys in the position where he placed them. Now, it's, it's amazing that Here's Daniel, and the way he lives is so outstanding. And you and I, we have to live in such a manner. Daniel received wisdom from above. He received wisdom because of their prayer life. And we need to understand as we talk with God He's going to give us exceptional wisdom. Go to chapter 6 as we get ready to close out here. As I know I'm already longer than what I should be but it's so good if you can catch it in here up here and then start to express it out here of how good God is to us and what He does for us in life. Go to chapter 6 and want you to read with me from verses 1 through 3. It pleased Darius to appoint 120 subtracts or governors like men who would be in authority over different uh, sections of his kingdom of Babylon, different districts and these men would have governors like we have governors of state. But then he appointed three administrators with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. Three, but one was Daniel. Look where God has placed him now in government. Look how God is raising him up. He's not the king. He never becomes king. But he's functioning in government But never lose sight of who he really serves, the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't never lose sight. I don't care if you're the janitor or CEO. Never lose sight of who you're sweeping the floor for. Never lose sight of who you're making decisions for because you sit in a large office. Just understand the responsibility may be a little greater. but you still serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And you have the responsibility and the care of many more people. And guess what? That custodian and janitor has the same care to make sure the place is clean and healthy for all your employees to come in and work we all have a responsibility and it's towards one another. And we want to do our best, especially the Christian. And he says, there were three administrators in verse 2 over them. One whom was Daniel. The set traps were made accountable to them. So, David had one third of that 120 people under his authority so that the king might not suffer loss. He's watching out for the king as they give account to him. He gives account to the king. Now, Listen to this, because this is so important here. Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional, exceptional qualities. He distinguished himself by how he worked. He distinguished himself by his behavior, his conduct, how he handled himself. He wasn't out intentionally to try to steal the spotlight. He wasn't out intentionally trying to make a name for himself. He distinguished himself by doing and carrying out his duties As unto the Lord, not unto man, but unto the Lord. And you and I, we will distinguish ourselves as we carry out our duties unto the Lord Jesus Christ. People will take note of it. People will see it. And he says by exceptional qualities. I wish they would have listed all those qualities that people were seeing. But the scripture said they were exceptional. They were above average. They were beyond what the average man would do or would reveal. And here is this Daniel going beyond. And when you work, you want to go beyond. You just don't want to do the status quo. You want to do more. Because you're working for the Lord. You're working for the Lord. And you need to understand, yes. Someone is always going to be out trying to entrap you. But God will keep you. And then under this king, the issue was. We can't get David. Because of his conduct. Listen to verse 4. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel. Why? Because the king Darius had planned to put Daniel over the whole kingdom. Because of his exceptional quality that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Put him even above now those other two administrators. And whereas you are exalted by God, as you are put in position by God, there's always going to be somebody trying to pull you back down. Satan has his plan. He has his people right there too. And they're going to try to pull you back down. But he says, boy, they tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct. Daniel 6, verse 4. They tried to find charges to bring against his conduct of government affairs but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him. And oftentimes we we'll talk about politics, how corrupt it is. Many of us are still trying to figure out how can somebody go into government, go to Washington, and uh, yes, they're well off, but leave out of office being a multi-millionaire. We're still trying to figure that out because you can take their normal pay, And you can kind of like add that up, and uh, it pays pretty good, but the kind of money sometimes they leave with isn't coming just from what they made as servants. And that's beginning to puzzle American people more and more. But for the Christian, his integrity should be he accepts his pay for what he does, his work. He's not going in there to become a millionaire. He's really going there to serve people. In any position you take, the bottom line is going to be this. You're going to serve people. You're going to serve people. Whether it be your customers, whether it be your fellow employees, But you want to do it in such a way that nobody can point a finger at you and find corruption in how you do things. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy. And neither corrupt nor negligent. He didn't take the job lightly. He was very serious about his work. Now, there's one more little area that I would just love to get to because Daniel was an individual that was able to work in government and not lose sight and not lose sight of who he is as a servant of God. He never lost sight of that. Neither should we ever lose sight because Daniel worked with knowledge, wisdom, understanding that came about by prayer. I know I'm already past my time, and I want to thank you. If you hung in there with me, I want to thank you. But I want to encourage you, serve government. Yes, you're an individual and you say, well, how can I do that? You obey the laws. You do what you know is right to do. You pray for those who are in office that are over you. You pray for Congress, you pray for our senators, you pray for our president, vice president, you pray for all those advisors, you, you pray for those speech writers, you pray for all those judges that will be nominated by him, you pray. We're in a difficult time. And it's going to take all of us, especially the Christians, to live above board, to go beyond what we're able to perform and do. We are a great nation, a good nation. I believe we are a country filled with people who would like to do the right thing. But liking to do the right thing and knowing the right thing can be two different things. But for the Christian, there should be no confusion in that if you're in the Word of God. For the Word of God will lead you In the path of righteousness. Again, thank you. I better close because I can continue on. It's it's just a blessing to speak to you, Father. Would you help our country? Would you show us as Christians how we are to serve in government? how we are to pray for our government, how we are to be responsible citizens in this country. And Lord, I pray for those, Lord, who are in the hospital fighting COVID-19, that, Lord, that this virus would somehow dissipate, that, Lord, you would bring an end to it, I pray, Father, that you will show the people your power and that you are a merciful God and that you are a God who is for us and not against us. You are a God who wants to bless us and not punish us. You are a God who has chosen to love us and not hate us. Would you, O God, in some magnificent way, reveal your presence with us in these days. Thank you for your great love. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for saving us through Jesus Christ. And if you've never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, would you do it today? Would you take a moment and just give thought to it? Would you take a moment and just say, God, if you're real, would you speak to me right now? God, would you tug on my heart? God, would you minister to me to allow me to know that you exist? And Lord, Lord, Would you, in your own personal way, as you met with Paul, would you meet with millions and millions of people who do not know you, that they might know you. And all you have to do is say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and be Lord of my life. Nothing magical, nothing hard, just a sincere heart and a desire to know him. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. God keep you. See you again.